Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Rooted with Yams. It is episode six, and thank you guys for coming by once again. If it is your first time, thank you for stopping by. I got five previous episodes. Check them out. Um, Yeah, anyways, welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the last week of Women's History Month, and I'm so excited. Mine has been such a blessing, and I hope yours has been as well. I was reunited with some of my best friends from out of town. My roommates and I, we all linked up this month. Um, I went to my cousin's wedding and met a lot of family members that I either haven't met before from Cameroon or I haven't seen them in literally decades. So it's been such a blessing. My aunts are in town and it's been such a blessing to be surrounded by my village essentially you know like the village who raised me and it's been a humbling experience a humbling time and I'm just I'm just incredibly blessed and this month has been filled with reflection and empowerment for me so I really hope it's been the same for you also thank you and big shout out to um, my friends who have been listening and like giving me book recommendations and uh, YouTube like series recommendations, other podcasters to listen to like that is really cool. Like y'all are so awesome. And I'm so grateful and I've been loving the content and what I've been learning from your recommendations. So shout outs to y'all and just I'm so grateful y'all like I'm very grateful for my friends for challenging me and pushing me and correcting me and loving me and it's just so cool for my friends to see where I'm going or what I want to do and actually giving me tools to get there it's been really nice so I love you guys um thank you today in this episode we're going to be talking about outsider relationships is kind of what I've been calling it but I don't know if that's what I'll title it we'll see how the conversation goes um but you know how it is let's just jump right in okay okay y'all so you know what? Let's just start with a little story time. Y'all all know I have two little sisters, um, Nora and Daisy. They are my pride and joy. And even though I didn't give birth to them, like, like I claimed them as my own children. Like, I feel like those are my babies. Anyways, um, Nora and I, we used to be mini terrorists. 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 We caused so much terror everywhere we went especially in the house. Um, we were the worst, worst behaved sisters towards each other. Like there's a point, like you would think we hated each other the way we would slander each other, the way we would just come for each other physically, emotionally, mentally, uh, verbally, verbally, like we used to attack each other. I felt like I was always the one being attacked. Um, and I think most people would believe me if I told them that. But either way, there is a season in our growing up that 
it was just filled with growing pains and bumpy roads. And it was very sad. Like looking back now, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for our parents, how much terror we caused, like how embarrassing we were to them in public. Um, even at school, like sometimes Nora and I would fight as we left the house to the bus stop, all the bus ride to school in school, like during breakfast and like the free playtime we had before uh, classes start. And then like, even as we walked each other to class, it would be with so much bitterness and resentment. Like, (laughs) oh my goodness, we were the worst. But, um, all that is just to say that, well, well, nothing really, but praise God that my sister and I are now closer and, (laughs) and, the devil that was living inside of us has been casted out. Like that demon has been rejected and bind and just removed 10,000 times. So I thank God for that. But something that I always remember my mom telling us, especially like as we got older and we were still acting like this for whatever reason, my mom would always, always tell us that if we don't have each other's back, we wouldn't recognize when someone was stabbing my sister right in her back, in my face. Like, if we don't have each other's back, who will? If I can't love my sister when someone is hating her or attacking her, I won't be able to defend her the way I should if I don't love her myself. If I don't speak life into my sister, if I don't encourage my sister, anyone will be able to discourage her as well. So my mom... She would always, always, Lord bless her soul, she would always challenge us with that, like, Yamio, how can you be calling your sister all these names and expect that you'll be able to fulfill your big sister responsibilities if someone else were to call her these names? How will you be able to protect her? Like, how will you be able to um, defend her if you yourself are calling her those names? And she would always tell me, Yamio, if you don't, walk with your sister to class, if you don't sit with her on the bus, anyone can just like sit with her and be speaking death as in the opposite of life, but not like actual death, but speaking death into her. And you should have been there sitting, sitting with her and protecting her from that. I hope I'm making sense, but that's something my mom used to pound into me and into Nora and mostly into me, I think, cause I was the oldest, but, um, I never really understood that until my sister and I actually started getting closer and I started to develop a desire (laughs) to want to protect my sister and like a hate for people (laughs) who uh, were enemies of progress towards my sisters and to my family in general. So all that is to bring us to this episode's message, I guess, and that is Outside of relationships with other women, when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about in this episode, it reminded me of my sister and I growing up and that message that my mom continued to instill in me and continues to reiterate throughout our lives. And the message to me, the meaning of it all and how I can apply it to friendship relationships, you know, like with friends and with other women in general, acquaintances, classmates, co-workers. It's just that that message of community and collective empowerment. So I think for me and most women that 
I interact with will say that we want to be united, a united front. I spoke about this in a previous episode also, how women, we ought to be like standing together. We don't have to all agree on the same things and have the exact same, you know, priorities or whatever. But um, as a collective, you know, we want we want to progress in society and in culture and we want to feel empowered and respected the same way men are. And we want to be respected and valued in the workplace, in our homes and marriages in churches and communities in um, leadership and in different powerful roles throughout society. Right? So we want to be united in that way. So if that is the case, we ought to, unite each other and love each other with our words and our actions as well. So not only with, you know, your best friends, should you speak life into them and give them words of affirmation, but to women as a community, as a whole, we should do that. We should encourage and speak life into our outsider relationships is what I was trying to say. Um, Women are known like stat show, research has shown. And just if you are engaged in any community or have any kind of eye or ear to social interactions, you know this, that women are so good at tearing each other down. Like queens, we wear the crown. We are great at that. And I actually saw, I don't know where or who or what or when or why really, Um, So this might be completely inaccurate, but I saw that um, women are more sensitive to social exclusion. So if you tell a woman, you know, like you, you can't sit with us, that might, that might fester in them more deeply than if you told a guy uh, or a man, you can't sit with us. That was such a basic, minimal example, but take it up a couple levels, apply it to your life, your situation, your your train of thought, and essentially that's what it means. So we're more emotion. Um, excuse me, we're more sensitive to social exclusion. But it's funny that even though we're more sensitive to it, we do it at such higher rates, um, so much more higher rates than men do and even harsher than they do. So we'll be the ones to say, you can't sit with us, but with um, conviction and passion and all authority. (laughs) And like, it will come from a hateful part of our soul. And guys might just be like, oh no, bro, like you just can't sit with us. Not, this is very general, of course, but um, it's true. Women are more sensitive to that. And but we do it so much more and it's ugly. Like it's such an ugly thing that we have within our society. But I think I, I, well, for me, I have little steps to combat that and to make sure like I don't feed into that, into that norm, into that standard or into that gender, I guess that gender assigned ugly trait that we have going for us. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about some some ways to combat that and some ways to just 
to just cultivate healthy outsider relationships. And by outsider, I mean people who aren't in your inner, inner, inner circle. Um, we talked briefly about like the importance of your, your inner circle of girlfriends in the episode titled Girlfriends featuring my cousin, Abigail. Y'all go check it out. Um, so today I just wanted to talk about how we can cultivate healthy relationship with women in general, how we can fight the status quo and truly be a people who uplift each other and encourage each other authentically and genuinely from our soul and from our heart. And like, that should be our desire. So we just gotta, we just gotta take action and actually make it happen. It makes sense, though. God it is makes good. sense. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. So I think everyone could say that they've been in a place where they have envied someone or felt emotions of jealousy towards someone. And that has led to them saying not so nice things about that person or to that person or in regards to um, that person's grind. So we were all guilty of it. Like, especially me. Oh my goodness. My closest friends know, like I was such an enemy of progress towards this one girl. And I still, I honestly still fight with it. Like not being such an enemy of progress. I don't know why sometimes I just question marks just come up when it comes to this particular person. But anyways, I've, I've repented of that and I'm getting better at it. But you know, sometimes you just see some another woman and for no reason, like no reason whatsoever, like you become a hater. And we're we've all done it, even though we hate when people do it to us, we're all guilty of it. And I think it's normal, but just because it's normal doesn't mean it's right. And at the end of the day, we all men, women, However you identify, we all have a self-serving bias that we're always feeding. And it's just for us to see ourselves better than or um, to put ourselves in good terms with ourselves. Like we're we're people who we like to be in good terms with ourselves. Like we want to have a peace of mind like, oh, I'm doing good. I'm all right right now. Or I'm not too bad. And so we'll find other people's situation or other people's progress or lack thereof as a way to make us feel better about ourselves, make us feel like we're doing something right. And that's such a non-progressive way of thinking and such a limiting mindset. And I, I'm glad that I catch myself when I'm doing that, especially towards the one thing that I kind of alluded to earlier. But, um, I just want I just want to be completely removed of those feelings like completely free of that. I want to be able to see my sister working on something, doing something, just doing her and be able to wholeheartedly genuinely applaud her and support her and be there for her and um even if it's not like on a personal level like I don't want any negative thoughts or discouraging words to come out my to come out of my mouth towards her progress and her grind or her just personality, her being, her existence. So college women actually have, this is from probably Huffington Post. I don't know. But college women have more of a negative attitude about 
particular type of women than any other uh, age group cluster of women ever. (laughs) And it's been consistent. So, and that's no surprise to me because the only time in my life that I can remember having like very obvious feelings of jealousy or saying really hateful things that came from nowhere just to bring someone else down to make me feel better about myself. The most obvious times I did that were in college. Like, definitely. I don't know what it is about the ages 18 to 22, 25, whatever, how, whatever the college age women's are bracketed as, but it's bad. Like, it's disgusting. I do it. You do it. We all done it. We've seen it. We've been part of it. We've rebuked it. We've glorified it. Everything under the sun. And I just don't get it. I don't know why we do this. And I think, actually, I think it's part of our our self-esteem. College, if you're in college, or even if you're just in the college age, quote unquote, um, that is a time of self-discovery. So if you're trying to discover yourself, right, you're you're trying to discover good things. No one goes on a on a hunt, a discovery, uh, uh, what is it called? Excursion. I don't know. No one goes looking for something bad. So we're trying to discover the good in us, right? And I talked about that self um, self serving bias. So during this very critical and sensitive years of our life. We are trying to discover ourselves and we are feeding our self-serving bias like we are feeding it breakfast, lunch, dinner, three snacks in between each of them, an appetizer, dessert, water with lemon, no ice, and a Coke and a margarita. Like we are feeding our self-serving bias. Gotcha, bad dude. So it makes sense that that statistic is out there that college age women are queen of bringing other women down and finding negative things in other women. And it's just sad. And especially when, when we're trying, we're kind of in an age where we are establishing our moral compass. Like we're beginning to stand for things we believe in and get rooted in who we are and get rooted in our ideologies, our mentalities, and just trying to, we're basically piecing, piecing things together and creating our self image that's going to last us and carry us through um, the rest of our adulthood. And is going to be the foundation of the wisdom we're going to pass down to our generations or to other people's generations or whatever it is. So this is a critical stage in our life. And so when we see someone doing something that we haven't um, defined as good on our moral compass, then automatically we have like lasers at them. Like, oh no, like this is exhibit A of what not to do, what not to look like, what not to be. And our vision is laser sharp during this time. And so we have to be very mindful. Like we know the information, we know we're uh, sensitive to this and we are likely to do this and that we do th- do this. So now it's time to take action and now it's time to be proactive and think about ways that we can beat our, our psyche, ways that we can strengthen 
our ego, our self-esteem, our mental, so that we're not bringing other women down as we rise up. So I wrote down three things. They're very simple that I do, that I have to do. Like I absolutely have to do these things to do. Hold on, Yamio. What is you saying, sis? I absolutely have to do these things in order to be a woman in society that adds to the empowerment of other women. If not, if I do not do the, do these things, I'm I'm just adding to the dragging of women, the dragging of my sisters, the dragging of my people, and I'm not adding any value. I'm actually making the situation worse. So, I'm going to tell you my three things and you can you know, take the meat, leave the bones. And tailor it to your own circumstance, your own life, your own walk, your own journey. So the first thing I wrote down, uh, for me, number one, and this is actually my number one in everything, like in everything, every every problem I come across, the number one solution is pretty much this right here. That's to occupy myself. Occupy yourself. Number one, occupy yourself. So... There's no way I can have laser sharp vision on other women if I'm if I have my planners full, my mind full, I'm working, I'm grinding toward my goals. Um, I'm spending time with my family, my close friends, um, reading my books, studying my material, like working at my job. <laughs> There's no way like I'll have this laser sharp vision on other women if I'm really grinding and working on myself and I'm keeping busy and that might not sit right with everybody, but that is proven for me. From And I thought, I was hoping and praying that I wouldn't be one of those people who, in order to be more focused, I had to be busier. I really did not want that for my life, but I learned so quickly that I'm just a better person when I'm busy. And that's just how I am. I don't, I don't know. I'm more focused. I spend more time on myself, reflecting on myself and with myself when I actually have other things to do. So occupying yourself, um, my opinion, my suggestion is a great way to keep you from dragging and bringing down other women. Because like I said before, the statistic of college age women is based off of the idea that we're all, you know, discovering ourselves, trying to find ourselves. So, and we're really looking at where to grab these pieces to build ourselves from. But if we're looking within, you know, that that kind of takes away from looking without and looking outside for these answers. So yeah, that's my point number one. Second thing that I do to kind of combat this uh, mental battle that we face and just helps me to look at women with a more positive lens is cleansing. And cleansing can mean so many things. And it does mean so many things for me. But one is cleansing my mind and like the things I see, cleaning it out, making it clean and pure, like reading positive things, watching women interact with each other positively. So if that means cleansing from, you know, my reality TV shows, I might have to do that. Like just take some time watching things that, watching women interact in a way that you're like, dang, like 
that is how I want sisterhood in my life to look like, or that is a great example of sisterhood of womanhood. Um, don't watch things that, that, um, I don't know, like blur, blur the meaning of womanhood and sisterhood. Don't watch, don't, I don't, y'all know what I'm trying to say. Okay. Don't have me out here stumbling and fumbling. Y'all know exactly what I'm trying to say. So that's a form of cleansing. Another form of cleansing for me is actually physically cleansing my body, uh, based off of what I eat, what my physical intake is for me, when I'm hydrated, full and vitamin and minerals up, eating my greens, eating my fruits, eating my good fats, my proteins, whatever. When I'm eating healthy, like this might sound crazy, but I'm actually happier. Like <laughs> my body sings. When I'm when I'm eating healthy, my body is singing. Singing, literally singing tunes from the sound of music and Cinderella and all Tyler Perry movies. Like my body is actually singing when I eat well. So when my inside is cleansed, my mind is cleansed and renewed. And when those two are clean, like I can't help but just walk into a room and want to compliment everybody. Like I can't help but just want to smile and just, I can't, like I literally don't have the energy to bring someone down. Like I've been fueling my body with all these positive nutrients and micro and macronutrients, just fueling my stuff with good stuff. I don't have negative to give out. Does that make sense? It might not make sense. Truly, truly French fries and chips and nachos and chocolates might make me smile harder, but I don't know. That's that's just me when I'm juicing, when I am eating home-cooked meals, drinking gallons of water a day. Like, I truly have nothing negative to say. Maybe not nothing. I'm probably exaggerating, but I notice that I have less negative things to say, negative things to point out. And the third thing that I put down kind of goes hand-in-hand with the last two, but maybe in just a different word, is detox. So cleansing is actually like a replacement of bad with good or substitution or a nice balance. I think that's what cleansing is for me. But when I say detox, I mean like fasting. (laughs) Um, If biblical fasting, sure, fine. But also just maybe just removing something. Like for me, one thing I always, always have to remove is Twitter. Like Twitter is always the first thing that goes. Always, always, always. And first of all, it's I don't know how to navigate it. But second of all, like it it's like rapid consumption of negativity. And I don't know if it's the pages I follow or the things I search. It's a mixture of both. Like it's like when I open up Twitter or I re-download it into my phone, my alter ego comes out and it's like, yeah, I'm hungry. Give me the terrible news and show me all the hate and all the dragging. Like my my nasty monster comes out. I don't know. I sound like I'm five years old. What's wrong with me? But y'all get it. Y'all, y'all listen to me anyway. So um, yeah, just detoxing. And that might mean putting a hold on some of your friends. If you're in a circle that 
constantly engages with the discouraging of other women or constantly engages in uh, shaming other women or bringing down other women, talking bad about other women that you know or don't know, you need to you need to take a break from them. Okay, take a fast. Um, just go away from them because they're not feeding you anything beneficial, and they're not going to help you figure out how you can personally set a mental plan to to intentionally uplift other women and people in general. Those are my three things. Yeah. Occupy yourself, cleanse and detox. And yeah, if you related in any way to anything I said, or if any of it made sense, I know I'd be rambling like crazy on here. But if anything makes sense and you have things that you try to work on and you're intentional about um, to make sure that you are a woman that brings other women up with you as you grow and as you climb, let me know. Let me know what are some things that you do because this is something that I still struggle with and I have my three things, but if you have something that could maybe help catalyze or expedite my elimination of dragging other women. I'm okay, when I pause y'all, I am looking for the word that is opposite of empowerment. Cuz you have empowerment and uplifting. Would the two opposite words be like de empowerment, de lifting? I don't know. That's why I've been pausing for so long. But anyways, if you have other suggestions on how you are intentional that you don't speak death into other women or talk bad about other women or be an enemy of progress toward those grind toward their grind let me know let me know what are some things you do what are you reading what are you watching what are you engaging with that helps you be a phenomenal woman I'm curious and y'all already know if you don't know now listen write it down pen and paper crown and, and, and construction paper whatever you got write this down it is rootedwithyams at gmail.com. Let me know. Send me your list of things that you do to help you be a phenomenal woman. And the last thing I wanted to say before I close is that empowerment and unity is so much more powerful than the opposite. I'm not going to try to figure out what the opposite is, but Being united together as women is so much more powerful than being um, disconnected. When you have, think about this, okay. If you have one show with a phenomenal lead actress and she's a woman and everyone's celebrating her, that's more powerful and she's more likely to get the praise she deserves when all women are on her team and like, yes, sis, do that. You did this. And more shows will come out like this because it shows like this is what the women are cheering for, what they're rooting for, right? But if you have that same woman, that same amazing show, her phenomenal role, and you have viewers and her colleagues just being like, but why'd they pick her? She's not that cute. Or like she has this nasty accent or why they have her doing this it's like a small detail um or you just find things to nitpick at like 
that just adds fuel to the idea that women engage and entertain the tearing apart of other women in society. And that's not a society I want to be a part of. Like, I don't want to be a society that praises and applauses drama and that that nature of just pettiness that we're known for or that we have a, a status quo about. I want to be part of a society that the status quo is different. The norm is different. Like if you have something negative to say about my woman, my sister over there, like I'm not going to entertain it. Um, don't even bring it to me. Like I want that to be the norm so that people won't even try it. They won't even put out shows. They won't even put out um, articles or whatever it is that just tears other tears women apart. That's the other thing I wanted to say. And also a random, extremely, extremely random thought that I had was, I don't even know how to say this because it's so unrelated. Well, it's not that unrelated. It's just not in a place on this episode where it should be. I was talking earlier, like at the very beginning, about my personal struggle toward one particular girl that my closest friends know about. But... um. It reminded me of racist. <laughs> Random, I know, but bear with me. Hang on. Um, the cure to racism, as as we know, is to engage. A lot of times you hear these like supremacist viewpoints or these racist viewpoints, and when you hear their argument, they're just talking about people they've never engaged with. Like they're literally talking about a culture, a society, a group of people, a group of people with certain skin color, accents, clothing, whatever it is that they have never engaged in. They've never been friends with. They've never done anything together with. Am am I lying? Like, I'm not lying. This This is fact. So it reminds me, like, the times where I'm weak and I'm hating on on a sis I'm hating on another woman on her grind or the way she does life. I have to think, have I ever been in her shoes? Have I ever engaged with her? Have I ever tried to be her friend? Have I ever tried to understand why it is she does what she does? Why is it that she walks the way she walks, talks the way she talks, acts the way she acts? Have I? Like, I haven't even given her a chance. I don't know her background. I don't know her upbringing. I don't know anything about her. Yet, I'm over here sitting at the other end of the table just pointing fingers at her, saying, how could she do this? How could she wear this? How could she step out in public like this? Did you hear how she... Did you... Like, I have no place. I'm... I am falling in line with that mentality that a racist has, that a supremacist has, that... We have so much to say because we don't understand where they come from, because we've never even put in any effort to get to know them, to get to know who and what makes them who they are. And I really believe that when you give someone a chance, you will discover they're beautiful. You'll discover, oh, it makes sense. Girl, like, I see the why you grind the way you do. I see the way you work. I see the reason why you work the way you work, the way you hustle. It makes sense. Like it fits your circumstance. It fits your life that you have graciously let me be a part of. Thank you. And then you will have, you won't have bad things to say. Instead, you'll be, 
you'll love them. You'll see them for their trueness and for their light. And it will look so much more beautiful. And I'm telling you that from experience. Like I have, I have a friend that never, like I never thought we would be friends. I just, not nothing bad about her. Just, I just, I just didn't know. Like I just didn't see anything in common. But one time we were forced to be together and, um, like talk and actually we're forced to get to know each other in this situation. And I was like, Hey, she's not that bad. Like, let me, let me relax. Like, let me not be so harsh. And then as I dropped my shoulders a little bit, you know, stopped walking around, like I have a big chest and broad shoulders. Like I relaxed a little bit. Um, I got to see, like, she literally looked different Like, (laughs) and she looked warm and just, welcoming and she's the nicest person and I was just like I feel so bad I'm like wow like just being so negative or not I wasn't negative towards her but I have a I had a lot of negative perceptions about her and I feel really bad about that but I thank God that like we're friends now and she doesn't know like what I had festering in me before this and I don't think I'm gonna tell her but anyway that's besides the point it just I'm just saying all this to say that maybe that's part of maybe that's part of the problem like we need to understand that as women we all come from different walks of life different backgrounds and we all have different values and different mentalities but that does not mean we cannot stand united we can still stand united we have to listen to each other's stories appreciate and respect one another and you know it's gonna be on and popping we're gonna be a real fly you know, don't mess with us type of unit. And that's all I want. That's all I want in life. I think I'm going to close here because I don't have much else to say. But thank y'all very much for tuning in to another episode with Rooted with Yams. If you have not have a, if you have not had a thriving and popping, empowering Women's History Month thus far, you have one more week. You have actually, yeah, I think you have exactly one more week to get it together. Read something that empowers you. Share something that can empower the next person. Or just get to know somebody new today or this week, rather. Anyways, bye-bye.